We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep Podcast Network. I am Ty Windish, joined by nobody right now, but in less than a minute, we'll be joined by Giancarlo Navis of Miami Heat Beat. We had a tremendous conversation between between games one and two of Milwaukee's first round series against Miami. Don't be alarmed if you're thinking, oh, Miami Heat podcast, they're just laughing at Ty for an hour. Or I guess don't get too excited if you were looking forward to that. That was not the case. It really was a great, sober conversation about the state of the series, the latest Bucks injury updates, the latest Heat injury updates, and some adjustments we expect from both teams going forward, plus the importance of Game 2. So buckle up, give it a listen, and go check out Miami Heat Beat wherever you're listening to or watching this podcast. They do great work covering the Miami Heat. They will give you a perspective on Miami that we cannot hope to reach as we are so Bucks focused. So please check them out. Please enjoy this episode. Thank you and bye-bye. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. And with me today from the Eurostep Podcast, from Blue Wire, the parent company, we welcome Ty Windish. Ty, welcome to the program. Welcome back. It's been it's been a minute. How are you? I'm good. Well, you yeah. know, as I said when we first got on, I was better before today's Bucks injury report. I'm happy to be on the show. I'm happy to talk to you about the series, which I don't think is maybe going the way either of us expected it to so far. And I feel like maybe we're both higher on each other's teams at this point, given <laughs> how weird everything is around this series and the injury reports and everything else. But, you know, I'm good. I'm talking basketball. It's playoff time. It's it's hard to complain. We love it. And Ty, my DMs with Ty the last couple of days have just been Doomer. It's been both of us being like, I don't know, man. Just, you know, uh, this guy can't shoot that well. And is this sustainable? Oh, but this guy's are, it's, it's total Doomerville. It is. I, I know I'm down bad because I saw Wes Matthews. I'm sure we'll talk about it. Like Wes Matthews of all players is randomly out for the Bucks tomorrow. And I'm like, oh my God, Wes Matthews. Are you serious? <laughs> How are we going to beat the A-seeded team without a, one of their best offensive players without Wes Matthews? And 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know what's gotten into me. I think I just need to see the Bucks healthy for more than five seconds at a time so I can get back to the confidence level I was at before the series, which made me look pretty dumb on our, our preview pod, honestly. We're going to have a lot of fun. There's so much to get into. So remember, yeah. during this series, check out Ty's podcast. Check out the Eurostep if you want perspective on the other team that, frankly, I think the playoffs are the most fun time for basketball, like or just sports in general for me. And and you can kind of get insight. You know, I'll never be able to break down the books rotation the way Ty and, and, and his guys do. So make sure to check that out, you know, throughout the series if you want kind of insight uh, that we will just never be able to provide you. So please check that out. And they do a great job. So Miami, Milwaukee, game two. Heat miraculously take game one off anomalous shooting. A lot of injuries. Let's start there. I think that's going to be kind of the highlight, uh, like really the the main story of, of this series. Ty, Giannis doubtful for game two. How likely is that doubtful? Because, you know, we just had a case, you know, today of a guy being doubtful in, um, in, in Josh Hart for the Knicks who's playing. So doubtful doesn't mean out. What is your, what is the vibes in Milwaukee about this? I think they're all over the place. I, I think the the Doomers are winning the day right now. And, and given, I mean, just the way the two the last year and a half has gone for the Bucks, it does make sense. You go through the whole year without Brooke Lopez. It's a very confusing situation. Their defense craters without him. There's obviously concerns about him going forward that he has addressed him, and he looks great. He's not been an injury problem at all this year. But then Chris gets hurt in the playoffs, and now there's more injuries. So I think there's just kind of a built-in doom mechanism. I I don't know how doubtful the doubtful is to get to your original question because when Bud spoke with the media just a few hours before the injury report, he stressed they, they want to see how he feels tomorrow. And he didn't practice. And clearly, I think it's it's he's in a lot of pain is what it seems like. I'm not reporting this, but it seems like a pain management thing. The MRI and the x-ray were clean. So it's about Giannis being able to move enough, not being too stiff, not having too much pain. And I think they would just want to see how he feels tomorrow after another – day off another night's sleep everything else so i I don't i I don't still have a really strong feeling either way i going into the injury report and going into today i thought maybe 60 40 he plays maybe now it's closer to the opposite i still think it's somewhere around a coin flip for me right now i don't know if we have any real insight although i was surprised to see doubtful not questionable so maybe like 49 51 plays doesn't play or something like that. But I don't think we have real info and I don't think we will know for sure until later tomorrow ahead of the game. Chat. My chat feels like they're going to play. We have Cardelliana saying he's going to play the, the bud is, is doing engagementship. Um, other, other key fans are, are, are getting preemptively cocky, which I would, uh, I would advise you against, but <laughs> yeah, I mean that, you know, he seems like a guy who's always going to try to get out on the floor. He has that in him. He's always been that way for better, you know, for better, or for worse, for his own health. So, I, I kind of, if I'm Miami, I think I prepare for him to be there, you know, just as much as I prepare for him not to be there. But obviously, you know, uh, I mean, pretty awful, truly. I mean, to have the best player in the yeah. NBA not play in a playoff series, uh, even if you're Miami or not, I think you want to see him out there. Ty, the other guy out from Milwaukee is Wes Matthews, which we were joking, you know, before, but like. You know, he's the guy that guards Jimmy a lot, right? He's 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 the guy who guards Jimmy. And, you know, whether or not Jimmy has a lot of points, I do think that Jimmy works for them. I think Wes has always been super physical with him. Uh, how does that, you know, and, and let's let's just get into, like, how that affects them and, and where do they start in place of those guys? 
Yeah, I'm going to be really, I guess, eager to see how they approach Jimmy all game. Because I think you can you can look at a lot of reasons Miami won. I mean, Bam got really hot in the second half. The shooting was hot throughout, right? Those are, you mentioned up top. Like, that's that's the kind of stuff that that's going to wax and wane throughout the series. The Jimmy stuff didn't seem like an anomaly, though. He just beat them over and over. And I think we're probably going to see some adjustment in how Brooke, how far he drops and maybe not dropping as far, especially if Giannis isn't able to go. Because I think that space was there. I think you noticed that right away in game one when Giannis went out is there was just more space in the middle of the floor that usually he's able to help off his guy but not give up an open shot because he's so, you know, big, you know, covers so much ground so quickly. Without Giannis, there was a little more vulnerability. So I think they're going to have to tweak Brooke. I mean, it would make sense for Drew Holiday to take a lot more shifts on Jimmy Butler. They do like to rotate who gets those assignments, but – I mean, you're just kind of running out of your defensive-minded players. I think Jay Crowder did not have a very good time game one. He only played 11 minutes. I mean, I think he didn't really merit playing more than that based on the way he looked. i e- eager to see if Pat Connaughton gets dusted out. I mean, he was a crucial player for the Bucks the last two years and then basically lost his spot to Crowder. I think now, especially with Wes out as well, we will see some Connaughton. I don't think he's going to be a Jimmy Butler go-to defender, to be clear, but I think Drew Holiday is going to have to step up more and maybe even Chris Middleton taking some shifts, which they've kind of shied away from putting Chris on premier players. He used to guard the Duncan Robinsons of the world and run around on the perimeter. Lately, he's not quite as fleet of foot, you know, with the injuries and just getting old and kind of playing more like a three, four than a two, three. So, but maybe they give Chris some shots. I mean, I think Drew's going to have to pick up a lot of it though. And Javon Carter, is a great perimeter defender on point guards. Just think Jimmy's way too big to ask him to do that. So, I would imagine Drew Holiday has to pick up a lion's share of the assignment on Jimmy Butler. I, you know, what you said about the space is something that I was I was kind of rewatching the game. And I was watching some film. Miami ran this the same action like five times in a row where they had Kevin Love at the top of the top of the key. Jimmy kind of cuts to the middle of the floor. Brooke is kind of waiting at the restricted area, and Jimmy's just getting the ball in the paint without a dribble. Bobby is a is a low man at the, on the on the corner. You know, whatever you know, whoever's whoever's there, and and at that point, if it's if it's Bobby, it's not Giannis, who's you know. But I don't think Bobby had a had a really good defensive game. Yeah, I mean, he was spectacular on offense, but on defense, I, I know that he, you know, I think that's one of the kind of adjustments. I mean, it's kind of a silly adjustment, but it's like, hey, Bobby, wake up! Like a lot of guys cutting, you know, behind him, you know, him kind of Miami ran a lot of motion off ball, and he just kind of froze a lot of those a lot of those possessions. So that's, that's yeah. a simple thing, but. You know, that's his his I do wonder if we'll see more straight up one through five switching in the non Brook minutes if Giannis doesn't play because that's Bobby's best coverage I and he does it yeah. okay like he does it okay he's obviously not elite right like you're not like oh great you know Bobby's guarding Jimmy Butler on the other hand though I think especially against Miami in particular and this version without without Tyler Hero the worst he gets cooked on those is by pull-up jumpers like yeah. You still have to get through a relatively big guy. And you, I think Jimmy would draw fouls on him. Jimmy would have a good time with that. But probably not as good of a time as cutting around him or him getting lost in space. Whenever they ask Bobby to do, like, the typical big man defense stuff, you know, hedge, you know, play at the level, you know, drop, it doesn't go well at all. When they, he switches, it goes okay. So I wonder if we'll see more of that when Brooks sits without Giannis out there. Do you think he starts? But I know that they like him as backup five now. Well, yeah, that's that's the tricky thing. I mean, that's a good question. I, I do think he does. 
Um, I think they'll want the size, and then they'll just have to stagger he and Brooke from there. I don't think they want anyone else at the five. We have seen some Chris Middleton at the five lineups. I, I don't Crowder? know if we will. Because Miami used to do Crowder at the five, like to get they had a, I don't. They didn't do it as much since Crowder got back because they've had more bigs. Yeah. I really hope we don't see Myers Leonard. Um, that to me is – Call him redacted around these parts. There's there's revenge series potential, but the way I, I've watched every minute, I think, of him since he came to the Bucks. He, I mean, you talk about Bobby not knowing what way to go on defense. He's we, just we always. Know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I don't. Did you guys play him as a five as much though? Wasn't he yeah. like a four there he, more? I mean, or no, was he a five? I mean, it was kind of like weird because, like, you know, obviously, like they want Bam in as many actions as possible, but you know, when yeah. Bam wouldn't play, like, especially in the finals, right? Like, it's it's him and Olenek, you know. Well, just, yeah, it was Jimmy and White guys. <laughs> we got a lot of uh, <laughs> we got a lot of that, but yeah, I, I was wondering because like you know you could you, they could theoretically go like Brooke, Jay, Middleton, Holiday, and Grayson Allen. I think that makes sense, right? Like, yeah. and then that way you can keep kind of Bobby off the bench, and I think you want to separate kind of Bobby and Jimmy on the court together, right? Or like I think that makes sense for for Milwaukee. Um. But then you know Jay's not playing a ton of minutes, so I, I, are you gonna are you gonna like crank that up? That's I guess that's a big question mark. Yeah, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. For Miami, yeah, it's, oh, go ahead. It, it's wide open just with Crowder. Like he played about 24 minutes the last two games of the season. Looked good. Didn't seem to have any physical, you know, issue. Obviously, he came off of not playing the whole year, and then also dealt with a calf thing in Milwaukee that limited his minutes. So he kind of like Chris for a long time there. Didn't get to totally ramp up, 
And it's going to be really interesting to see what we see from Crowder or if Connaughton steps in and is playing more or if it just depends on how they both look out there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Pat used to be a guy who you'd see as a potential starter. I think Javon Carter started a lot this season, and that would keep you Bobby Portis off the bench. But I don't know where exactly he goes, depending on Miami's starting lineup for who he's guarding on the other end. Size up if you're because then you'd probably move Middleton to the four. I mean, you can get away with that because, like, you're not worried about Gabe Vincent dribble penetration without Hero, right? And, like, that's like really the big thing about, you know, no Hero, you know, and and Kyle Lowry is doubtful for um for game two you know he banged that knee in chicago he banged the bad knee didn't look good in game one so he's I, i'd be surprised if, if kyle plays he just did not look did not look like himself so if, if you theoretically you're down you know your two best guard handlers now you have gabe you know are you, are you dusting off victor ladipo who has you know i think looked good when everyone sits and he has the ball all the time and has looked pretty bad when he has to play, you know, with with the team, kind of like in that Atlanta game, he looked out of sorts. So, you know, it, it, I I think Milwaukee can get away with that. I don't think Javon Carter is like bad, but I, I just think also giving Jimmy more switch fodder is probably not ideal. So I think that's where kind of Milwaukee has to kind of split the baby a little bit. Yeah, I I think Crowder makes the most sense. For a lot of reasons, if you look at the players and their skill sets in a vacuum, I think the issue is like he's just it's been a weird time for him and the way he looked in game one. But I I don't know. I think starting him would make a lot of sense here. I think that's probably what I would do. Um, And then your first three off the the bench. Then the first three off the bench would be like Bobby, Javon and um, Ingles. Ingles, Yeah. Maybe the only three off the bench, to be honest, (laughs) with, with all the injuries. I mean. Um, I, I, Pat Connaughton, I think, then is probably your ninth guy. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think you see more than that. And I, I'd be surprised if he plays a lot, just because I do think in the matchups that Miami has played, um, you know, he's a guy that they look for or Jimmy looks for, in particular. And I think you, I think if you're the Bucks, you want to limit that. I like what you said about Bobby, it's kind of switching because I do think that Jimmy has always struggled with size, and I think that if you put as much size as possible, that's kind of the best way to not neutralize him but i mean in some cases you can i don't think bobby's that kind of defender but certainly yeah. kind of give you give you a chance yeah i mean if you if you can just stay alive i mean i think the bucks in general you know and this is bobby did this really well they need to feed the big guys on the other end yeah. because i mean they're bigger than bam i think bobby maybe is close brooke is bigger than everyone in the series brooke's a mountain oh yeah, and yeah. he's like him not posting up Max Struess at all, despite all those minutes. Like that's he's gonna that's do that the, game too. I think that's the obvious. Yeah, that's yeah. like the obvious thing that they're gonna that they're gonna that they're gonna pound. I, yeah, I certainly agree. But what are you looking at from Miami's perspective? And and like you know, is there anything that they have to change, or did everything work well enough that you know you don't you don't adjust until you have to? I think that for sure, Bam has to kind of go at Lopez a little more. I thought early yeah. he was a little tepid, and I think you saw in the second half he took, you know, he he did a good job of eating space. That kind of one-two dribble pull up, you know, off the catch down low. I loved what Miami Miami kind of did that, like you know, like drop and peel or switch and peel kind of defense on mm-hmm. on Giannis when he, especially when he was a roller. They, they made sure that they kept in front of him, you know, not switching. Uh, and I thought Miami was super disciplined in that aspect. Cause I do think that Milwaukee can, you know, they have the size and the Miami small. I know they're a good defensive rebounding team, but I think you saw in that Atlanta playing game that could go super sideways on them. Yeah. Without hero in the lineup that changes. I think their game plan a ton. You can go a lot of options. You can go, 
you could start Duncan, which is what they did in the second half, which, you know, he doesn't, not a regular part of the rotation anymore. I like that for them because obviously the handoffs and drop, it makes sense. Yeah. I thought he screened excellent yesterday. I thought he was, you know, that kind of vacate the corner, set hammer screens. I thought he was so good in that aspect. And he's always been a really good screener. Caught Drew, who's a big, strong dude, man. I don't think people realize how strong Drew Holiday is. And, and Duncan <laughs> did a good job of screening him. So, I, I man, Ty, I, I don't know. Spo's doing the thing. He's like, I haven't thought about who's starting. I was like, yeah, okay, bud. Uh, <laughs> I think it could be Caleb. I think it could be, I think it could be Duncan. I think those are kind of the the primary candidates. I'd be surprised if it's Oladipo, but yeah, to go from DMP to starting is, I mean, I guess that that's would be, a that would, special like, baby. That the Bucks could do the same if if Pat was the one to get the starting out, which I don't expect at all. But it's kind of funny they have like these weird, almost quasi like similar situations. I think Duncan would make some sense. I thought one thing that I found interesting about the game was Grayson Allen was really bad in the first half and pretty good in the second half, actually. Stuck with it. But I think the the worst parts of his game in the first half, he just couldn't hang with Hero around screens at all. Like, he just can't screen navigate. And then they bring in Duncan, and Grayson was thrown in the same predicament. I'm like, oh, I can't can't stay with this guy. They want to go over, but it gets tough, yeah. Yeah, it's hard. And, and I think one of the, like, I know Crowder went, tried to go over like, one or two Jimmy screens. It's like, you can't do that. That's that's making it way too easy for Miami. You've yeah. got to make him shoot. I know he's going to have the random annoying two for three from deep game after he hasn't taken one in the last six months or whatever. I feel like that always happens against the Bucks. Um, but I, I think Robinson makes it a little harder on Grayson to find somewhere to hide out there. And I just think they're probably going to need the spacing. Like, if you can't go ball handling without Lowry or Hero, you probably just need some spacing to open up the offense. I think the Bucks really need to take care of the ball because we know Miami's not a great offensive team. They looked it on, on Sunday, but all they're, season they're they haven't been. Yeah. yeah, the Bucks need to take care of the ball, and that's kind of been like an on-off thing for them. And that, that's my concern. Like, You don't expect a favorite to lose their first two games at home almost ever. It's, it's really rare in the league. I think the worst case for Milwaukee is a bunch of turnovers and Miami gets out in transition and they don't have to score in the half court as much. Cause I would expect the bucks to be a little tighter, have Lopez up a little farther into the actions to make Bam a little less comfortable, even if it does open up some back door. Um, but you know, with w- now worst perimeter defenders with Wes and maybe Giannis out and yeah, I just, I need drew and Chris to take care of the ball. Chris had some, Wow, we were joking. Chris is back for real now that he's throwing those kind of turnovers in the middle of the game through traffic. It's like, oh yeah, the old Chris is here. We're back, baby. We're so back. They <laughs> man, Ty, when they were at when Miami was defense was at its best, it was forcing a ton of turnovers. However, I do think Oladipo and Lowry were a big part of that. And if they're not in the lineup, I don't think they can get the ball pressure to do that. So I, I do think a lot of those turnovers are gonna be unforced, especially because Miami's playing a little more conservative, not switching bam. And I think Jimmy's gonna Jimmy's gonna Jimmy right. He's gonna go for his gambles and stuff. And there was I, I yeah. tweeted this out. There was like a there was a period when Milwaukee got within like a field goal, and it was yeah. like Jimmy bucket, Jimmy steal on Middleton, Jimmy assist to 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 Vincent, Jimmy steal on Middleton again, Jimmy layup, and it was like boom, back up to ten. And that's what he can do. But I think backing on him doing everything is unideal and i think miami's kind of as you said anemic shooting and, and offense is, is kind of the problem i my pick is probably actually haywood highsmith which is funny oh. because he's beat dmp but 
I think he just kind of settles a rotation. I like him a lot. I think that maybe he's an ant shooter, but he has shown that he can hit like a spot up corner three. And I think they're going to need to guard up a little bit. I Their defense concerns me. It hasn't been good since all-star break. It's been pretty bad. I think starting Kevin Love next to Bam, every lineup data that you look at says it's bad. test says that that can't defend anything. I thought Kevin was spectacular when he was the sure. backup five. And that's what you got to do. And the Bucks went at him. And I think that's going to be another thing that Miami's going to have to look at because, you know, I know Holiday didn't have like the scoring night that you expect, but, you know, they put Kevin Love in a drop a lot. And they kind of, I thought Miami got away with that a little bit, that Milwaukee didn't have the kind of night that you thought that they could have. Yeah, I mean, Drew didn't shoot the ball well. I would expect to see a little bit of hopefully positive regression from him shooting the ball, but I couldn't even say he had a bad offensive game. He tied a Bucks playoff career, a Bucks playoff single game record with 16 assists. That was crazy. He's so good, the, man. The fact that he did that with with the Bucks shooting like 24% from three blows my mind. I was like, where were these baskets even coming from? <laughs> the honest not really playing. I, I need to rewatch and catalog all of these things. Um, so, some of Chris's must have come that way or something. But yeah, Chris got um, a few of, and uh, Bobby got quite a few as well. Yeah, um, but Drew's really stepped up as as more of a go-to offensive option without losing too much defensively. There's still going to be nights like game one, but if he's able to have that dis- distribution going, I mean, he's by far, since he joined the Bucks, this was his best assist season. And you could tell he was really more of the true point guard this year because he had to with Chris missing so much time. But I think it's going to be good for him and the Bucks in the long term if they can get through this first round and ever get healthy. Are you are you worried? Like I feel like this game. I think game two, uh, not not to be like overly dramatic, but I think the series could come down to this. Yeah, I, I think if Milwaukee goes in and wins, I think they restore order a little bit, and then you get Giannis back for game three. Let's say, mm. uh, gets gets a couple more days off. I think I believe game three would be on Saturday. Saturday. So you yeah. get you know Giannis would have almost a full week to recover mm-hmm. and and it sounds like you know as you said not reporting but it sounds like it's a pain tolerance thing i think a week yeah. does wonders for that you get to go into miami tied 1-1 you're like we you know we can we can win a game in miami and uh and then close this out or i mean listen a lot of people pick the bucks to sweep i mean they, they can go in there and win too guilty yeah i i, I did too i said probably bucks <laughs> and four but if you're miami and you steal another one if Giannis doesn't play and you get another one now you're going yeah. home you just you need know. one then. That's it. I agree with you. This they're is a good home series. team. Yeah. And you can probably get Kyle back for game three if you rest him. I, I think a lot I think a lot of the series comes down to this. And that's exciting. It's also horrifying. <laughs> it's horrifying for a lot of ways. And we have to see how the kind of the game plays out. Like, you know, if Jimmy has another, you know, like monster night. I mean, chat saying Bucks and Six. Like if Jimmy has like a monster night. Uh, you know, he can kind of carry them despite a bad shooting night. And then you kind of bring it home and it's like, all right, guys, let's, let's, let's get one or two here. And I mean, that would be, that'd be stunning, but I don't know. I'm glad you yeah. agree. Cause I, I kind of felt that I kind of felt that way today. And I've been thinking about it a lot and I was like, Ooh, this could be, this could be it. Yeah. I mean, do I think bucks could win in six or seven? It like theoretically, if, if they lose, yeah, I think it's still totally possible, but I think you go from, I think we agree right now where the series is at. And we see this around the league. I know the, the numbers get shared every season because there's always a couple home teams that lose the game ones. And rarely those turn into actual upsets, right? Like we have the data. Last year, wasn't the Milwaukee else. lose game one against Chicago last year? Yeah. All right, yeah. game two. They almost lost game one. They lost game two, I think it was. And then and they Miami. 
the year before had that overtime game that probably they had they, they could have stolen and you know i mean the bucks the bucks are horrible in game ones they literally never led after 48 minutes the postseason they won a championship and that's, so that's funny. true because of the overtime in game one but then they lost the next three game ones so you know could they could they i mean they rolled back from down 0-2 in the finals but those two were in phoenix not milwaukee so I think the series goes from right now where everyone's like, yeah, I'm still picking the Bucs. Even if they have to play without Giannis, some, I'll pick the Bucs here and that. I think if Miami finds a way to win, then the series goes to, oh, we're on the edge. Like the, the playoffs could be over in the first round. I don't think we're really there yet. Um, but I think if they lose this one and, and, you know, I wouldn't expect them to if Giannis doesn't play, but it's certainly a lot more likely, right? Statistically, whatever you want to put the two numbers at with or without Giannis, the likelihood of, losing this game the bucks i mean it's obviously higher without Giannis, and you know all it takes is another great jimmy game crazy band game you know whatever variance pops up i think the bucks will win i think they will end up winning the series in five or six but i I think the game two it will come down to because i I think miami could really take all the momentum and if you're up 2-0 before you go home that's a really good position even if you're going to be outgunned the rest of the way if Giannis is returning and they're not inexperienced, right? It's not like, yeah. you know, like the Kings are up 2-0. And other than Harrison Barnes, like none of those people have ever played in a big game, you know? Yep. And, you know, Miami, obviously, like Jimmy, Bam, Duncan went to the finals. You know, Eric Spolstra, obviously the pedigree speaks for itself. You know, Gabe, Max, you know, huge rotational pieces. Kevin Love, you know, won a championship in a lot. Like they're, you know, as Kevin Arnovitz says, grown-ass men win championships. That matters, I think, a bit. You know, I don't think they're going to get rattled in that way, but, you know, they are for sure at a talent disparity. I do think if Giannis plays and they win, it feels different. Because it, it, it now, if because last year with the Sixers, I think Joel Embiid missed the first two games. Miami goes up, you know, a ton or whatever, and then Embiid comes back, and everyone's like, oh, then they win. The, oh, here comes the Sixers, you know, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And then that feels a little bit different, right? Because now you're like, okay, we're whole and we have momentum. We're, we're putting yeah. that to rest. If Giannis, if they lose the game with Giannis, and they were up a lot, you know, when Giannis was in the game, you know, uh, they, yeah. they were playing oh, yeah. well. But, you know, if, if they win and Giannis is in the lineup, you know, A, probably going to be limited in some sense because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think even even him as, a, as an Adonis, you know, you, you, he does bleed, right? So, yeah. it'll feel different. I don't know. It'll feel di- – this man, I, I'm excited. This, I'm excited, scared. Uh, you know, I'm going to hide under my bed and watch the second half probably, but I- I'm in, man. I love this. I do too. And I think for the Bucks, I think they're going to pull confidence from the Eastern Conference Finals in 21, which was based not the same situation, but a pretty similar one in terms of a team that everyone expected the Bucks should beat in Atlanta, although they did make it to the Conference Finals. Giannis goes down, they lose that game. And I think it felt more hopeless because you're so close to the finals and the injury seems so much Did you worse. guys feel like it was over? Yeah. Really? That's well, so we funny. Didn't, we didn't know if he was going to come back. I mean, until a couple days go later. go down like the, that same game or the next game? I think so. Well, no, it was not that series, but it was like, okay, if we even if we win this, like who cares okay, if okay. Giannis doesn't come back? And then he comes back. Um, so I think the hopelessness level was different because this is like, this sucks. I mean, it's clearly a serious injury. He's not practicing. He could miss this game but i think the expectation or at least the hope or the optimistic expectation is it won't be the rest of the series much less the rest of the playoffs and the the 21 injury is like oh my god but the point is he got hurt and they lost that game because it's it's hard to adjust and they were losing when Giannis was in and, and game one anyway but then chris and drew and brooke and bobby and freaking jeff teague 
go do the damn thing and they beat that they win the next two games and they punch the ticket and then Giannis is able to come back and you know all those guys sans Teague are still here Dragic can I guess play the Teague role if he has to I would prefer Javon Carter do that but if Dragon wants didn't some play. revenge Gogi didn't play yeah he's game. not yeah, he's he's, not. he's Breaking, he's him and Myers are like the. I'm if glad goes really wrong. I, I just I, I love Gogi. He's a lifer, but I he fans were like begging to bring Gogi back, and yeah. begging to trade you know a bunch of stuff for Jay Crowder. And I mean, you don't seem too like super pro Jay Crowder, and oh, well, and Gogi obviously is not you know there. I'm a lot higher on Crowder than than Goran. I mean, the, the funny thing about Crowder is every appearance except like one since they got him. I was like, oh, my God, this guy fits perfect. Like, offensively, he moves the ball. I know the shooting is hot and cold. I do know. Everyone, he's, so hey, he's not going to keep shooting. I know he is, but so are the whole Bucks. Did you see game one? He wasn't the only culprit, but he moves the ball well. Defensively, he switches. He's loud. He's vocal, everything else. Physical. And it just wasn't, wasn't physical, and it just wasn't a good 11 minutes. I'm not writing him off by any means. And I, I really think this is his opportunity to kind of come roaring back into the fold and establish himself from here on out kind of in a P.J. Tucker sort of way, you know, similar-ish situation with Dante going down uh, in 21 and just somebody needing to step up. Um, so it's going to be fascinating. I think one of Crowder or Condon really needs to step up in this playoff game and to swing this series. And then all the other Bucks primaries who have been around for the last two-plus years, they just need to be good. I think they'll do it, though. We've seen them do it before. I, you know, if, if, if I'm Miami, my win condition is – I need to shoot the ball well. Mm. I need to continue to operate in the space. I, I need to continue to eat the drop and be able to attack it on pull-ups. And, and that was, a, you know, Ty, the, the interesting thing to me, like rewatching the game was Miami wasn't, you know, typically they've, you know, I think historically they've done a really good job against Milwaukee's defense because of the way like their handoffs and their, mo- and their movement shooters. That's how they've always attacked Milwaukee. This has been totally different. They're doing it with off-ball movement. They're not doing it with three-point shooting, although they had a great three-point shooting game. It was always try to get to the basket. It was always let's put Jimmy in a scenario where he's with Lopez, and if and if somebody comes to help or stunt on that on whatever action, you know, you kick out to the right guy. But the the the, the objective was clear. It was like let's get Jimmy at Brook Lopez, and we'll live with that result, which feels. Kind of counterintuitive because I, I have a ton of respect for Brook Lopez. I think he should have won Defensive Player of the Year. And that's that's big balls by Eric Spolstra. And that's kind of scary, a scary proposition if you're Miami. But that that little pull-up mid-range has been there. That one pull, they, they ran some Spain to kind of get Jimmy to the elbow yesterday, which I loved. Kind of, you know, just they threw everything that they had, stuff that I hadn't seen all year them, them do. To get to that pull up, to kind of get him in one on one with Lopez, and if I'm Milwaukee, you know, I think at some point you got to recognize that, maybe play him as you said a little bit higher. I think that's the one adjustment. Have Lopez attack kind of those smaller guys guarding him. But what else on defense do you think that they can do to kind of make sure that Miami's offense, you know, stays down rocky? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, I think. It's really fascinating, like you said, the way that Miami switched it up. And I think it's, I mean, obviously, Spo is going to do a smart thing. He's knows way more. What's the Zach Lowe thing? He knows he's forgotten more about basketball yeah, this no. week than I've ever known or whatever. Like, Miami wasn't going to win credibly 
more than one game in the series if they were just like, well, we'll just give up the whole painted area and shoot threes. Like, I think generally, unless you're the freaking Warriors, you can't win anything in the playoffs doing that. Like, yeah. you need the Steph and Clay. Like, if you can't, if you don't get to the rim, you're just not going to win. And that's just how it is. Yeah. And Giannis going out enables it more. Giannis is, you know, maybe not playing in this game either. But I think Miami kind of taking back the paint is the reason they won, even though the Bucks they hung in there. I mean, like, as you said, it was like a one-possession game, and sometime in the fourth quarter, it was relatively close until no, they the kept punching they back. Like they, yeah. Miami could not open that game up to the point that it was it was done. Yeah, and I think a lot of the reason why I mean, there was some timely threes, of course, but it was like, oh, Jimmy's another and one, like Jimmy's to the to the basket again. So I do think it's going to be bringing Lopez up and making maybe even giving up a little bit more threes, which sounds crazy after the game, the way game one went. No, I, I agree. But I almost think they respected it too much. And at a certain point, you have to go, all right, you know, are you guys going to shoot 60% again? We don't think so. And, and not, you know, purposefully giving up wide open corners or anything. But I think they need to know the personnel better. And I thought, you know, they let Jimmy and Bam get too far down. And I think they almost need to drop off the non-shooters more aggressively and, and just be more more of that playoff. Like, you see it in a playoff series when they're like, that guy is going to be able to shoot. I think the Bucs need to do that more, especially if Miami's having to introduce someone like a Highsmith or a Victor Oladipo to the rotation. I think they need to be a lot better about recognizing, well, we can't leave Love open up top, but if Highsmith is going to shoot five threes this quarter, we'll let it happen. We're not going to let Jimmy, you know, get to that wide open area or bam. So I think they've got to be a little more aware of who's a shooter, who's a non-shooter. But I think something you mentioned earlier about Bam's aggressiveness, that's going to be really important for just getting points. Also, if he can get Lopez in foul trouble, I mean, the Bucks well, the reverse is also true. isn't there. Yeah, because like, yeah, they both they both have to. The not bigs play. are are both crucial. I think the battle of the big. If Giannis isn't playing, it's probably what it comes down to. Like who plays better, who's able to play more. Because I think defensively, both teams lose so much oh, you're, if they you're have done. to go Bam, no Lopez, Lopez, no Bam. Like that, that's just, it's it's tricky. So it is kind of fascinating to see these two guys be these focal points and they're such different players. But uh, it should be, I think it's going to be a really fascinating game too, honestly. Milwaukee gets super small without Giannis because, you know, yeah. Lopez can't play all 48 minutes. And when Lopez is off, you know, now you're playing Portis. And what Crowder as your force? So Crowder, now, Middleton. Yeah. yeah. So now you get really small, and in those minutes, Miami sh- absolutely shredded. And uh, Kevin Love played a lot of those minutes. I, I mm-hmm. you know, I want to ask you about about Kevin Love because I want to ask you Kevin Love thing. I want to ask you a couple of Giannis things, and we'll get out of here. I thought Love his shooting, obviously, he has not been a good shooter this year. Historically, we I don't know. think I don't think any I don't think anybody in the NBA wants to leave a a, a proven champion shooter open that often. Maybe they do. I don't know. But, you know, uh, he hasn't been good this year, and, and he knocked down a lot. Miami got into super early offense, which is not their M.O. at all. Like, they'd, they'd run, like, the guy, ball handler would bring it up off the left wing. they throw it to the center at the top of the key. Usually that's waiting for a handoff, and Kevin was shooting off the rip, and that kind of kept Milwaukee, okay, we got we to gotta press up, which kind of led to those kind of Jimmy cut behind, catch the ball in the paint with Lopez, blah, blah, blah. If you're Milwaukee, how are you are you gonna respect Kevin Love shooting? Are you gonna okay, well we can't do this anymore? You know, we have to help off of him because you know Jimmy's way more of a sure thing. How do they deal with that? Because even when Giannis was in the game and Giannis would get kind of caught on Kevin Love, you know, Kevin was dragging him out of the paint, and that's where you get Kyle Kyle's lone field goal 
off a cut behind the defense. That's how you get kind of Max getting to the paint or, or these guys. So where do you see them kind of handling? How do you see them handling that? I think what they probably will and should do is the classic, we're going to put a smaller guy on him. And if Kevin Love wants to post up, that's fine. Uh, I and think, and I, think way, yeah. I think like the Chris and Crowder, those kind of guys, like I talked earlier about where could Chris go? I think Love would make sense because, you know, Love is certainly bigger. I would just be a little surprised if Miami goes to like getting Love to the low post just to post up Chris Middleton. And if they do it, then we'll see how it goes. And maybe the Bucks need to react. Obviously, there was a time where Kevin Love was a phenomenal post big. It was a couple of different Kevin Love iterations ago. Yes. But I, I think you've got to put Brooke when he, whenever he's out there and maybe even Bobby. Bobby, I'm not as worried. I mean, Bobby, just, you know, switch and, and yeah. go hang with him. But when if it's Brooke, Kevin Love, I think you got to find either Bam or somebody else to put Brooke on and just drop off that guy and, again, kind of force that guy. And that opens you up to some handoffs and things, and the Bucks may have to switch from there or adjust from there, I should say. I think that's um, but key. I, yeah. I think they have to do that. One thing I noticed that goes along with what you said about getting into the Kevin Love shots quick and everything, I thought this was a fascinating, like really, really smart thing that Spo did. The Bucks press, I think probably more than almost anyone, maybe the Pelicans with Alvarado, but with Drew Holiday and Javon Carter, especially Carter, they love to press. They do it all the time. They'll send Grayson Allen down there. They just, that's what they do. And it's not about turnovers as much as just slowing down the offense. Miami had a ladder system to pass out of it and just ignore it, like from opening tip. Like they were like, we're not going to get pressed. Like maybe it's, we don't love our ball handlers. Maybe it's just, we don't want to do that anyway. And I think it both got those shots open quick, took away the threat of the press. And it kind of left the Bucks' best defenders back on half court when some actions were happening. So I'm really intrigued to see, do the Bucks stop pressing? Do they, do they make Javon Carter, who's addicted to press coverage, not do it as much? I don't know, but I thought it was brilliant that Miami was just like, we're not we're not messing with this. We're going to make three passes, and then Kevin Love is shooting. I think you do it more without Lowry and, and Hero because, like, really those are two of your most reliable ball handlers. And, you know, Kyle doesn't play those games, you know, ever. So yeah. I think the fact that now you're going to have to depend on other guys handling, sometimes it may be Bam just bringing the ball up off of rebound, might be Jimmy, and I know that Jimmy's going to want to get off the ball to come back on it. I don't know. I, I think that's an interesting kind of subplot that you bring up, and I, I think Milwaukee probably will – keep doing that i think that makes sense without i mean they're going to be short ball handlers and i think if you're the bucks you want oladipo on the court i think that's just a guy that i don't know I, i'm so low on oladipo I'm just do you like, know about the bucks oladipo backstory i don't is there about what's is there like a beef no 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 the opposite we were convinced he was coming during the championship run he was posting like bucks clips on his ig and like saying how fire it was like multiple times we're like oh my god we're gonna get victor Oladipo. What a double great. what a double agent and he signs there and i was like oh okay well i guess not that's that's great i mean it was kind of we went through a while and it worked out i think javon is the best out of all these players now but yeah. like oladipo does that and then i was like so sure Dragic was gonna pick milwaukee before he goes to the nets right after they had gotten patty mills who i would have loved to sign and i was like is a guard ever gonna pick us and, <laughs> no, i guess we got Dragic. that's neat but um Maybe too little, too late. But yeah, it's, so Oladipo. I don't know how I'd feel about Oladipo playing well or poorly against the Bucks. It, I just ban. I, I know that some people on, on Heat Twitter are like super high on him, and I think that like you know some of the games where they've just sat everybody, he looks great. He scores thirty, he hits four threes, and you're just like, damn. Well, and then they play him in the Atlanta game, and it just he's bad on defense. He doesn't know where he is. 
And I don't know. I just, I just don't think, I think it's hard when you hemorrhage space with Bam and Jimmy. And I just think playing yeah. a third guy who you don't trust as a shooter who needs the ball in his hand, I think it just gets too dicey. I think it makes more sense to bring him off the bench, but you know, I guess we'll see. Let's just close out with a couple Giannis things. Uh, Ty, how did you feel about the way Miami defended him? Because they used to, you know, they still kind of wall up, you know, kind of, you know, mm-hmm. Caleb Barn and Jimmy kind of show and bam, you know, is, is there, I, I think the adjustment for them was, okay, we're not switching anymore. We're going to play bam. You know, they don't have a PJ Tucker or a Jay Crowder yeah. or even a Trevor Ariza who Giannis had a fucking push up on. Cause Ariza was a toothpick to him. And, you know, they're just playing Bam straight up and they're defending him like they did in beat. They're fighting, you know, like they're trying to get Kevin Love on a switch. Bam is pushing these dudes out the way. And it's like, no, I'm I'm staying on my man. Kind of yeah. every, you know, guy on the wing kind of pinches in, make sure that they have help. Everybody kind of knows where they are. Caleb, you know, kind of stunts in. And I, I thought that was I thought that was interesting because they kind of always have shied away from Bam defending. I mean, Bam was the only guy on him. Unless, like, it was some weird transition thing where they couldn't get the man picked up. But he was always on him. It was not switching. It was one-on-one. And I thought Bam did a phenomenal job. You know, I was worried about how they would do with Giannis as a roller. Bam in a drop, making sure, hey, I'm in front of the – I'm containing Drew Holiday. And if Jimmy's on him or whoever, you know, they're making sure that they kind of show enough so that Bam can do – I thought it was really interesting. I I thought Giannis as a screener was going to be the thing that kind of undoes them. And they showed they had a plan. I liked the plan. How did you feel about it? I thought it was good. I mean, I thought they're, as you mentioned, with the lack of the other guy on the perimeter that they've had in recent years, I think this was really the only plan they could have. I mean, they, they were just a sort of out of options. I mean, you can try to put a small on him and, and try to get like a Marcus Smart thing where you're picking up offensive fouls and everything. Or a zone. It's just I think that was the other, a zone. Yeah. A zone as well. That's true. Um, but I, I thought, I mean, I think you look at some of the teams that have done well defending Giannis and like an athletic center is probably your second best option, but it, it's, it's harder lately because he's gotten better at just beating one guy, no matter who it is. And I think sending the help at the nail and everything and making them shoot was good. I think the Bucks adjustment eventually would have been to bam dropping as Giannis said, the roller is okay, Drew, you know, great minutes, go take a seat. We're going to let Chris do this now, and he's going to shoot every time yeah. if there's no one there. And that that's obviously was their their ultimate counterpunch in, in 21 when they were able to do the damn thing. Um, we obviously just didn't get to see too many minutes, but I thought it was good. I mean, I think the thing about Miami is they're always so smart of a defense, right, the, the Heat, and they're good at the nail stuff. And that's like what the Raptors, I mean. Yeah, just for Jimmy people, excels. Jimmy, exactly. And then people take for granted, like, oh, yeah, just build the wall. It's easy. It's not easy. I mean, you need – an elite guy on Giannis and that, I mean, Jay had done really well, PJ, and now Bam is, and the help needs to be good too. You can't just send some guys. It's not gonna, it's not gonna do anything, but like Jimmy and and all the undrafted heat guys who come through are good at this stuff. Cause that's like the heat university, (laughs) annoying undrafted guy (laughs) curriculum definitely includes helping at the nail. You know? So I think the one thing Milwaukee can do is kind of manipulating the low man better. Cause I, I think you want that help guy to be Gabe Vincent. Because you know he's gonna he's gonna kind of come in and Giannis is gonna laugh, right? Like oh, you're yeah. That, like that, that's what Miami did. Miami kind of was able to manipulate. And like if Drew Holiday is a low man, you know Jimmy's kind of coming in like, okay, well that's no resistance. And even if Jay is a low man, Jimmy still is like, I don't I don't care. And I think Milwaukee kind of do a better job of that. Well, Kirk, the other thing too is, I mean, quickly, you know, go put Brooke on the other block because there's yeah. nothing left for him then, and and he moves a little slow. I thought. 
they needed to get him on baseline post-ups. And I would look for them to do that in game two. They put him in the middle of the floor. He's too susceptible to getting swarmed by smart defenses. I think you got to be a little, little smarter about, we'll get him on the baseline. We'll make sure there's no one behind him and then we'll let him go from there. And I think that would be the other, like, okay, we're just bigger and we're just going to be bigger and rebound and everything else. But um, in terms of actually guarding Giannis, they always do a great job. And I mean, Bam is phenomenal. We know this. He's a defensive player of the year candidate as well. Um, He'll never win, Ty. He'll never win. He'll never win. Spoh's never going to win a coach of the year and Bam's never going to win a depoy. And Jared Jackson. We can relate. I mean, it's, uh, Bud has what, one? Two. One, they, they'll give you one for least, team. If Spo goes somewhere else. At least he has one. one. No, if Spo goes somewhere else and he wins, he Twitter's going to be furious. It's it's going to be DEFCON 1. It's it's going to be bad. I don't know if he's ever leaving. It doesn't seem like it. But Do I you mean, know that like, Pat oh, Riley new core. had to share executive of the year with fucking Garf, whatever, the Bulls guy Garf that Hacks. year? Yeah, yeah, dude. It's crazy. We don't, we don't want awards here. Years is a that was 2010. They got LeBron and Bosch and Mike Miller and they got UD to take a pay cut and everybody took and they still gave it to the guy who signed freaking who did they bring they brought Carlos Boozer I can't I'm never gonna get well, over that's it. a I mean this is minutia now that's a clicky award because that's not media voting that's the other executives really so that's why executive of the year is weird yeah yeah, yeah. so it's like so I, I bet the reason like I think if the media does it. Oh, they're all just pissed easy. at Riley. Probably. Yeah, of yeah. course. They were like, oh, this is, this is, this, this is, guy. we can't let this guy win. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just the war season. War season is stupid. If he's going to win MVP yeah. and I'm going to hate it. It's, oh, yeah. It, should, it yes. should be Giannis or Jokic. Get him beat out of here. I'm just, I'm sick of beat. Every column is like, he was second for three years in a row. I'm like, who can't? They're good. That's, that's good. That's a good thing. Congratulations. That doesn't mean you automatically win one. I don't know, man. It's just, it's annoying. It's I just, forgot when the NFL gave the Buffalo Bills a championship. They went four years in a row. Oh, yeah, you yeah. got to give them one. Congrats to uh, to Jim Kelly for four-time Super Bowl <laughs> champion. It's annoying, man. I don't know. I hate awards. It's yeah. stupid. I thought I saw Jimmy yeah. lost clutch player probably to Fox, who probably deserved Fox, it. Fox, yeah. 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 Yeah, Fox probably deserved it. I mean, I was telling our friend Brian Torperick, I said, you know, Jimmy, you know, Fox may lead in points and field goal, but Jimmy leads in DIH. Got that dog in him. So, yes. yeah, I, I, yeah. I will say I love Jimmy. And the the Marquette connection, he's always. I mean, we always talk about oh, what would X player look like on the Bucks? And with Jimmy, it's like the spacing would be horrible. Be awful. I would I would be in anyway. I'm just like I trust Jimmy. It'd be that would be an awesome team. Dude, Jimmy Giannis, come on, Jimmy, and keep Drew there. It's like okay, no one scores ever. That's the new team. Fifty a million, to million free throws. Games. Yeah, I I think he fans probably feel this way, Ty. If we can't, if obviously I don't think Miami's gonna compete for a title. In the East, I, I, it has to be Milwaukee because it yeah. can't be Boston. God, I think we're all in agreement. Everyone across the lands is in agreement. <laughs> Philadelphia cannot be rewarded. <laughs> Only Philly fans want them to win. I don't. I don't know anybody. Yeah. Everybody's in agreement. It can't be Philly, and it sure as hell can't be the Knicks. I don't want to see the Knicks in the conference finals. So if, no. if, if you guys, you guys got to put gotta put down old Yeller over there in Madison <laughs> Square Garden. Okay, we can't have. We cannot have Julius Randle in a conference finals. I'm sorry. We just can't. I, I just, I don't want to live in that world. Um, so a lot of basketball to play, a lot of stuff yeah. to watch. Ty, tell people where they can find you on Twitter, where your podcast is, what you got going over there. Cause I know you have a ton of stuff on the Euro podcast network, which is, a, I guess a sub network. Yeah. Look at yeah, that. It's a sub. It's the terminal. Let's ignore the terminology. Here's the the quick info. We got two bucks podcast and other Wisconsin sports pods. If you're into that, 
but two bucks podcast. You can find out the the feed wherever you listen to this, including YouTube. GSPN.info is the easy way to find it, or just type it in Eurostep Podcast Network. And I want to echo what you said up top. You know, for the Bucks fans listening to this, either wherever you're listening to this, go check out Miami Heat beat for really tremendous coverage of the series. As you can see, if you got this far, this is not just me getting laughed at for an hour, which would have been fair, and I was certainly prepared for. Um, but this great conversation, great breakdowns. Um, so really appreciate you having me on. I'm too scared, Ty. I'm, I'm too scared to laugh. <laughs> if it was a Sixers pod, I would have had Brian on, and I would have laughed at him for an hour. Oh, yeah. I'm too scared. I've, I've had uh, I've I've done laughing. I don't know if you know what Miami, uh, you know, with Nick's film school. You know, I went on I went on uh, Andrew's pod, and I I called uh, I called um, Jalen Brunson season cute. And oh. I said the Knicks were just like a nice little story. And then, you know, they beat Miami and now they're the five seed. And, you know, we're, we're fighting for our goddamn lives over here. So I've done my share of laughing. <laughs> I've done my share of laughing. I've learned my lesson. I mean, I think I think now I will never take the Bucks in a sweep again, no matter who they're playing in the first round. I just have to assume game one will go down. Someone's leg is going to get fly off. You're the new Raptors. Yeah. I, as much as that disgusts me. Yeah. <laughs> You're the, you're the, but listen, the Raptors, listen, they got Kawhi and then they won. They're the, they're the only, I think that Toronto's probably the, the only team to like really, Toronto and Miami, I feel like, are the only two teams to like actually defend Giannis well. I don't think anyone else has really done it. Like in, in a Boston's playoff. okay, but Boston not fans as as people think. think that they invented how to defend Giannis. I, I posted clips of like the, the switch and peel thing or the drop and peel, and Boston fans are like, yeah, 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 that's the Boston thing. I of go, course they are. They what? always they thought they invented rolling the ball up. They Dude, were it's articles. crazy. Like Marcus, Marcus Smart invented this new technology. It's like people have been doing this for literally ever. What are you talking I about? I did not watch Andre Miller do that for to, to get discredited. <laughs> I love Andre Miller. What, what, what a true goat. Professor. Uh, make sure to check out Ty and everything going on there. And listen, hopefully he'll be back. And hopefully we'll yeah. have a nice, fun, long series where no one else gets hurt and everyone gets healthy. Please, basketball gods, give us that. Uh, no, no one stomp on each other. No one. No, let's yeah, let's have a nice clean fight. Uh, <laughs> Draymond not suspended. If you just if you're finding out, so uh, make sure to check out Ty and everything going on there, as well as the rest of our Blue Wire family. And we'll see you tomorrow, Wednesday. We'll have you pregame. We'll pregame in uh, Frankie, myself, and Coach Lou. We'll, we'll be on. Uh, we'll be on call to uh, give you what's going on in, in Game Three, and then post game we have Hangover Time, Brass, Alf, myself, and the crew. We got you post-game for all the post-game shenanigans that you know to expect on Hangover Time. So we'll see you then. And, Ty, good luck, my friend. Good luck to you as well. I think we both needed it this morning. <laughs>